Richard Alpert and Timo DeBrass. I'm Carson Sestouli. This is Fangraphs Audio. My guest on this edition of Fangraphs Audio making his weekly Monday appearance on a Monday. It's a weekly Monday appearance, and it has occurred in this particular case on a Monday. It's the managing editor of Fangraphs.com, Dave Cameron. Dave Cameron is the guest, and on this edition of the program, as he does every week, Dave Cameron endeavors here to analyze all baseball of particular note this week. Velocity. However, in this case, our concern is not the increase in velocity among pitchers in recent years, but however, the measurement of velocity itself. One would not assume that this is an issue. However, it has become one in recent weeks because Major League Baseball has transitioned from their pitch effect system entirely to their StatCast system. The former uses Sports Vision's cameras, the latter now Trackman's radars. And what's different is the point in proximity to home plate where the velocity is being recorded. In any case, the outcome is that it appears that a number of pitchers appear to be throwing a mile per hour faster than their established levels. The situation facilitates a longer-than-expected conversation about velocity and the measurement of velocity. A surprisingly long conversation, and one that's surprisingly compelling given the nature of the conversation. Truly shocking. Dave Cameron also issues a challenge through me midway through the conversation to resolve a dumb disagreement we are having of a scientific nature. Why don't you tweet an Alan David right now all over on the air? Send P-O-B-I on Twitter a note. And then maybe before we finish talking, he will have responded. I did, in fact, send a message via Twitter to Dr. Alan Nathan. He did respond. We came to a resolution on the problem. Before we get to our conversation, I am contractually obligated to remind you that Fangraphs membership exists for a reasonable sum. You can show your support for Fangraphs.com. And for a slightly less reasonable sum, you can acquire an ad-free Fangraphs membership, which allows readers to browse Fangraphs.com without the terrible burden of banner ads, which not only facilitate faster browsing speeds, which also liberate one from the distorting effects of advertising. In conclusion, this has been an advertisement for Fangraphs memberships. Click on the link at the post for this episode, with which we have reached the end of this dumb introduction. What is it? It is Fangraphs Audio. Who does it feature? Managing editor of Fangraphs, Dave Cameron. When does it begin? Right now. get any closer without making out with it <laughs> okay very good very good cameron what a beginning to this program uh, about baseball that we are b- recording i want to ask you oh yeah it's not a national nightmare uh but it is a, it's a curious thing that's going on with the measurement of velocity right now this is something that i thought would never be an issue dave uh, for years, we've had we've had velocities supplied both by, I guess, um, MLB itself by way of pitch effects, and then also Baseball Info, Info Solutions, which is another uh, data source. Sort of Baseball Info Solutions uh, before pitch effects just wrote down what the TV radar guns said, so they're, they they you know they're video scouts, so they're tracking pitches and locations and all that based on what they see on TV, so they would record the televised radar readings. Uh, and then once pitch effects came around, they were like, well, this is better. <laughs> and they just started reporting that too. Okay. So they were essentially reporting the same data. Yeah, right. Um, there is this, I do not know after last week, I do not know. And I'm a, I'm paid to uh, edit and also write occasionally about baseball. What are, what am I seeing when I see velocity readings now, either on TV or at fangraphs.com 
or at other sites. Yeah, so pitch effects in Major League Baseball is dead. It is not a thing that exists at the Major League level anymore. Um, Sport Vision uh, is still uh, in existence, but they are now mostly covering the minor leagues and international. That was the company. That's the company that owns Pitch FX. Sport Vision is the company that did all the FX products. Yeah, um, okay. and they're the ones who installed the cameras. Uh, and the, you know, so Sport Vision I think was most known for like the old line in football, and that's why baseball brought them in. Now baseball has their own system called Statcast, which you've probably heard of over the last couple of years. Statcast essentially replaced uh, PitchFX. They ran in tandem the last couple of years, uh, but now PitchFX is no more at the major league level. So now all tracking data, anything that was reporting velocity, hang time, distance, you know, any any kind of tracking data that you get from major league baseball is now coming from the Statcast system. Okay. Now you report as you noted last week on the site, you said about something to the effect of about those velocity spikes, and yep. it had. Um, this was a situation that had to do with what appeared to be a number of pitchers throwing what roughly one to two miles per hour faster than one might expect. Yeah, closer to one, but yeah. Given their established levels, right? Yeah. And it had to do, I think, of where the system was picking up the ball out of the hand. Sort of, yes. So, um, because the, because of the technical limitations of the pitch back system, the, basically three cameras, uh, trying to track the ball at all times, uh, calculating the velocity at every single instance along the path is, uh, was a technical challenge. It didn't make any sense. So, what Major League Baseball did was they decided to just pick a spot along the flight path and say, we're gonna calculate velocity for every pitch at this one particular spot, and that was 50 feet from the plate. Uh, and so that way they only had to calculate velocity at one point instead of all points. It was just a, a uh, simpler way to do it. Uh, Brooks Baseball, among others, uh, decided that 50 feet was um, too far from the, from the pitcher's hand, and they uh, calculated at 55 feet, which is one of the reasons why Brooks Baseball has historically recorded higher velocity readings than fan graphs. And this has been true even with the pitcher X system. Um, now, Major League Baseball using StatCast, uh, it's using TrackMan radar, which actually can calculate the velocity at every point along the flight path. So the output that Major League Baseball is using for velocity or start speed in the database um, is the uh, highest uh, tracked velocity at any point during the flight of the ball, which is obviously going to be right as it comes out of the hand because due to physics, the ball slows down as it, as it travels. Um, so now, essentially, the effective... Uh, kind of release point areas around 54 and a half, 55 feet. So it's close to what the Brooks Baseball, Brooks Baseball has been reporting. Um, it changes a little bit depending on pitcher's height and extension. Um, so it'll change a little bit for each pitcher. Uh, but it is definitely different than what Major League Baseball and Fangraphs and others who have been using the standard 50 foot estimate have been reporting. Um, since it's moved back by five feet, it's picked tick up about a half a mile an hour to a mile an hour, uh, just because of the different reported location. Okay, so right, all right. So, so it used to be at a standard point is what is when the uh, camera yeah. would pick it up at fifty feet. Yeah, fifty feet, and then yeah. Brooks baseball. Now, would Brooks baseball essentially infer from the yeah. fifty foot measurement? Right, correct. That they would infer velocity at fifty five feet. Correct. And and what was it? Uh, now? I they do good work over there, Harry Pavlidis and uh, Dan Brooks. Yep. Uh, what what was the logic behind that move? That it more accurately reflects velocity uh, without the forces of um, physics Drag coming or, into play. Yeah, okay. So it's like, you know, once – like a pitcher can throw the ball, but then wind and air resistance and humidity and lots of things can 
impact the rate of decline. And so if you're measuring it right out of the hand, you're getting the most accurate reading. Right. But they were reaching it, that, that figure by way of a model of some sort. Yeah, I believe so. I don't know exactly uh, the calculation they did, but uh, knowing Dan and Harry and those guys, it was probably right. Right. It was, okay, right. They, they took over. Uh, and now the system that is currently being used, it's the StackCast system using the TrackMan radar. Correct. So it's no longer cameras. It's now radar. That's right. It's radar. It actually – it is reporting the actual velocity right out of the pitcher's hand. Yeah, that's the number that's being spit out by the StatCast system to the public, yes. It's, mm. TrackMan records velocity all the way through. It can record the full flight of the ball because it's radar instead of camera. And so then Major League Baseball has to pick among all these velocity figures, which one do we report? And they've decided to pick the highest one, uh, which is going to be right out of the hand. But I suppose that <clears throat> that makes sense, right? Because I mean, otherwise it's just uh, random. Yeah, I mean, if you were to say, like, this pitch, you know, traveled 98 out of the hand, and then five feet later was 97, and then five feet after that was 96, which of these do we report? Like, why would you pick the 97 when there was a 98? Or why would you pick the 94 when there was a 95? Like, if you're recording the pitch velocity, it makes sense to record the highest velocity during the ball's flight. Right. Which now, is now what Major League Baseball is doing. Now, I, um, my vision is less clouded. However, there are still questions. Because for some time... Now, for some time in this sort of nerd era of baseball, there's been a general understanding of the difference between 90, 95, 100, right? Yeah. And then gener- in the history of baseball, even uh, th- there's always been some – there's always certainly been some curiosity about velocity. I think there's what – was it Bob Feller going against a car at one point or a yeah. bullet or something like this? Yeah. Um, and then, of course, scouts have used radar guns for a time of – a length of time, honestly, that I – it's a good question. How long have scouts used radar guns? But I don't know if you know the answer either. I do not. That would be okay. a good question for someone who's been scouting for a very long time. Yes, that's right. Or someone who just has access to the history of it. Dave Cameron, I think, is fine. You don't need to be a scout to know that. But the point is, people, uh, it's – it's uh, velocities have been reported for longer than pitch effects existed, and usually it has been recorded or reported by what method? If you were go to if you're at a ballpark, was I was at Fenway as a child, I see oh Roger Clemens through ninety three. How how did that happen? Uh, random number generator. <laughs> no, uh, so I think uh, historically uh, ballparks had like a some kind of scoreboard hooked up to their in stadium gun, so there would be like a radar gun behind the plate capturing velocities that was then output onto the screen. Okay, and now we're talking uh, with the the difference between the cameras, the camera and the radar. The camera, we said, was picking it up at a certain point, the velocity at a certain point. The radar is able to track velocity at all the points, and uh, and MLB is selecting the highest velocity. The stadium radar gun, or the radar guns that scouts have been holding, what velocity are they reporting at what feet mark, what foot mark? So I believe the 50-foot mark was actually chosen initially uh, because that was closest to the radar guns that were being held manually. So when Sport Vision and Major League Baseball decided to choose 50 feet as the tracking point, it was because the data at that point was closest to handheld radar guns. Okay. So that – and do they necessarily know why it's that's closest? Is it because it's probably when you just have a dude sitting in the stands behind the park and he's – pointing out his radar gun, it's going to return that, that velocity? 
Yeah, but I don't know all the physics of this. This might be a better question for Alan Nathan. But Yeah, um, well, I, Alan Nathan's not here, Dave Cameron. Okay, well, I'm going to speak for Alan Nathan because I'm yeah, sure I wouldn't mind that at all. <laughs> uh, I would imagine that the radar gun needs some amount of time to pick up the, the actual ball because it's not measuring, like, you know, arm movements or something. And so it, the radar gun can't pick up the ball right out of the hand because the ball hasn't yet moved. And so it needs movement to get to a point before it mm-hmm. says, okay, now I've registered some movement at some velocity. Now I can, you know, confidently state that this pitch was 93 miles an hour where before, the, you know, as the pitch is leaving the hand, it has no idea because there's no movement to track. There has to be some movement. Otherwise, otherwise, what is it like now the finger, the very tip? This is probably a question that's better for Alan Nathan. But you had him going. This to whole podcast should be like, if only we had Alan Nathan. If only the ghost of Alan Nathan, yeah. a living person, it should be said. But um, so does that mean like the tip of the, like the middle finger, like when Edwin Diaz throws a ninety-nine mile per hour fastball? Does that mean like the tip, the very tip of his middle finger is also traveling at ninety-nine, or is it somehow? Something something has to be going 99 miles per hour for the ball to come out at that velocity, right? Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about... I can't... I mean, my instant reaction would be that, like, no, your finger is not traveling 99 miles an hour because otherwise it would detach from your body. <laughs> but maybe we have really strong ligaments that hold things together. Yeah, uh, or, I mean, and also sometimes the arm detaches from the body. Well, that's you know, never happened the, in Major League Baseball. The arm has never, like, come forward at the point. It's not like a broken bat where, like, the arm goes one way. <laughs> okay, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But, I mean, stuff happens inside that's not good for the arm. Right. Yeah, muscles don't necessarily like you throwing the ball that hard. Right. But I don't, I don't think we've ever seen, like, a finger come off with the ball. No, no. So you, so you, your, yeah, so your initial reaction has, has a, as a very poorly trained physicist. Yeah. As is, a non-trained physicist. As a totally untrained physicist is that, that sounds too fast. Yeah, I don't for, think our our body is traveling at ninety nine miles an hour. The object we are putting force upon can travel mm-hmm. faster because it doesn't have as much mass. Right, but but do you see if you're if the way that uh, I think this has something to do so rotational velocity is weird, right? Because if you're speeding up your shoulder at and this is not right at all, but if you're speeding up one point close to the middle of the circle is i'm sure there's a word like what are the axle essentially the axle of it if it's going x miles per hour then at the at the outskirts of a sort of um you know of an arm it's going a lot faster that's how it works yeah right like the the extremity would go faster than the yeah close to the pivot yeah, it, I, it has to be going 99 miles per hour. Is my, I mean, that's it has to be. You're, how confident are you? Put a confidence interval around your belief. A thousand? Is that a confidence no, interval? No, that's not a confidence interval. Okay, well then, don't then how? Then do you think I know what I'm talking about with regard to physics? <laughs> I, don't, I never think. I, I never believe you know what you're talking about. I think that I think Cameron that it has to be going 99. How can it? Otherwise, you're saying... Okay, why don't you a, tweet at Alan David right now while we're on the air? Send P-O-B-I on Twitter a note. And then maybe before we finish talking, he will have responded. All right, yeah. I'm going to do that right now. Okay. We will all uh, pause for you to send a Twitter message. No, no. This is... A, I will just say... I'm, so I'm doing a period first, and then I'm doing P-O-B guy yeah, yeah. space. Yeah. Question. If Edwin... No, 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 just say, is the velocity of the pitcher's hand... Is the velocity of 
a pitcher's a hand, hand equivalent to the velocity of the ball as it leaves the hand. To the velo of the ball as it leaves the hand. Yeah. Question mark. Yeah. Is the is the hand traveling? Well, yeah. You don't need to restate it. I'm gonna and say, then question, I would, I'm gonna I would say, bet Alan Nathan's response is going to be like, what the hell are you asking? I'm going to say, so it says question doctor, because he's a doctor. <laughs> he, Who, yes, he does have a doctorate. He, he's yeah. a doctor. Yeah. Is the velocity of a pitcher's hand um, equivalent to the velo of the ball as it leaves the hand? Yeah. Yeah. See what he says. All right. We'll see what he says. Okay. I'll be it, checking on this as we go along. Interactive podcast. And so what do you, and what do you think the answer is? You my instinct inst- no still says no. Yeah. So you say like so if you think the ball comes out at ninety nine miles per hour, yeah. How fast do you think the hand or the, like the tip of the middle finger is going? I mean, just I don't, obviously neither of us are using science here. So yeah, what, yeah. What you, it's just total, like, what's total your random guessing. I don't know, sixty miles an hour. You think that it's only going sixty miles per hour? So you think somehow it's it's imparting. So, yeah, how it's is in, it getting an extra thirty miles per hour? It's imparting force on a. Uh, a smaller object. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see. On account of, uh, what is this? Uh, velocity equals mass times acceleration, maybe? That's, that's force. That's F equals force. ma. That's for, force equals mass times acceleration. F equals ma. Yeah. So what does velocity equal? I did not remember the formula for velocity from high school physics. Or is velocity just a, just a measurement? Yeah, velocity, right. I think velocity is just a measurement of. This, this is, um, you know, on the one, yeah. I want to say, I want to say a couple things about what's, what's currently happening. Okay. Okay. On the one hand. I hope these are not positive things. What is happening no, is no, a disaster. Well, they're just observations. I don't okay. think they're positive or negative. On the right. one hand, it's clear we don't know what we're talking about with regard yeah. to physics. This is two hand, people totally ignorant, speculating. Wildly. Yeah. But on the other hand, we are asking a question, I think, that that there's some merit to the question. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, yeah. like, if like we had decided in advance that we were going to talk about this, this would have been a really great discussion to have with Alan Nathan, like as he was on the air with us. Yeah, that's not. Been, that I'd like to be clear. That's not ever going to happen. And it's no. not. And it's not has nothing to do with Alan Nathan. But that the organizational powers and that sort of thing would require <laughs> are are crazy. Like I noticed uh, Ben Lindbergh actually has he has guests. Yeah. Uh, on his podcast, like, besides, you know, he and Jeff Sullivan are talking, and then they have right. another person. Yeah. Because I think they that's, plan. Yeah, I think the product is great. The The process sounds so miserable. You don't, you just uh, prefer to wing it and hope you don't get fired? Well, yeah, I guess. I mean, I could get demoted off of the podcast, I guess, but I don't know. It seems to work out fine. Well, like, and I, I'm sitting here particularly anxious, Dave Cameron, because I'm thinking ahead to the thing we're going to be doing after recording this. Okay. We're going to be recording... A, we're going to be recording a, a podcast, a, a, what a pilot episode essentially of a podcast about the Blue Jays. Yeah, we're doing another podcast after this podcast. And I'm, it, I have no idea what that looks like, and I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a real failure. But we've been asked <laughs> to do it by another group. That's a that, that's a good way to, to pitch this new idea. Is we it wasn't, to us fail. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, it's going to be about the Blue Jays, and I'm going to ask you questions, and hopefully it comes out. Yeah. All right. Um, so we have the email out to to uh, I'm telling it, but he, I don't think he's going to an- answer. That's that's sort of uh, that's not that's that's uncertain. So so let me <clears throat> let me ask this then. Um, we're done with velocity. So so here's so what should as a person who 
is interested in baseball, when I see a velocity figure, we're, let's continue to use Edwin Diaz, okay? His velocity on the website. No, all right. Well, first of all, is the B what is the BIS data recording? The same thing as the as what the pitch FX feed, which is actually the Statcast feed, is is reporting. Yep. Okay. All velocity measurements from anywhere now come from Statcast, except for unless like you are sitting next to a scout holding a radar gun and you just look over his shoulder. But even then, and, pro, pro scouting has been heavily uh, reduced because there's no real point in having a guy sitting at the stadium holding a radar gun when you have like trackman tracking this for you. Okay. So so Edwin Diaz's fastball currently is reported at ninety six point five miles per hour. Yeah. Okay. Which which is um now this is a little bit of an exception and this is maybe a red flag because it's actually lower than the velocity at which his fastball was recorded last year. Right. So that's and so if we but if we So he has a bigger decline than it would look like. Because his right. current his current velocity is being reported uh, to a different baseline than his 2016 velocity. Right. So if we said last year his if his velocity his fastball velocity last year his like four seamer and two seamer combined was 97.3. Yeah. All things being equal, if he threw that same fastball this year, what would the reported velocity be? 98 ish. Okay. All right. Because yeah, because it's right. It's like what, 0.75 or somewhere in that. Yeah. yeah. All right. So it would be 98-ish. Yeah. So now when I look, I see that he's throwing 96 and a half, which right. is he's a mile down. and a half slower than I would anticipate. Well, that's only if you anticipated that pitchers never lost velocity. And I do – right, and I do know that. I do know that one of the most grim qualities or grim, uh, I guess, results of, of some sort of baseball analysis is to look at the pitcher's aging curve. Yeah. It is just it's, a, sl- it's it's just a, a slope. No, it's not a curve. It's just down. It's just no, going it's, down. It's, yeah, it's an escalator. It doesn't go up. One-way escalator, yeah. Yeah, as soon as they hit the majors, they begin getting worse on average. Well, what's an escalator that only goes down called? A de-escalator? Yeah. Oh, hey, I got an update for you. Alan Nathan has responded? Alan Nathan has responded. All right. Hooray for Twitter. Uh, he says, I think the hand is a bit slower. Yeah, me too, Alan. Pitcher gives the ball an extra push with the fingers to increase speed at release, but not for changeup. So I have a follow-up question for Alan Nathan, a real-time follow-up. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> As I'm going to say, so hypothetically, if pitch is recorded at 100 miles per hour, how fast do you think middle f- – how fast do you think tip of middle finger – is traveling. This is, uh, engaging content right here. I think it is. There's a, yeah. well, there's a good, uh, and I'm going to say, um, also, comma, thanks. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, he doesn't have to do this. Yeah, no, have, <laughs> he this is do not a great time. use of his time. But <laughs> no, it's, it's uh, I'm, helpful. I'm happy that he's doing it. No, I know, it's, we, <clears throat> um, hey, do, do we ever make the bet about Adam Frazier's, I've been trying to make a record of our, uh, of our um, bets. But did we ever make the bet about Alan Frazier, uh, his batting average in the season or anything like that? Or you know. were reluctant to because of the effects? Yeah, I think Alan Frazier, I thought it wasn't going to be enough playing time. Okay. To qualify or just to produce a, a batting well, average at all representative of his skill? Right. That, that was my issue. Right. But you doubted my claim that you, – you, 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 you had him as like one of the top ten hitters in baseball. 
Yeah. That's what I doubted. Yeah, do you know what his average is right now? Like 320? 353. Mm. He's going to win the batting title, just like I said. How, how many plate appearances? You got 20. <laughs> okay. So he's like barely ahead of Avasiel Garcia, <laughs> who's really good. Yeah. That's why I understand why people call him Avi. Because yeah. uh, Avasiel Avasi is not easy to say. That's tough. That's but tough. it is easy to get about. Right, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. So, so when I'm looking at it now, and I look at Edwin Diaz's velocity, I say this guy is throwing a mile and a half slower than if he, than, than he was last year at, right. uh, on average. Yeah. Now, I, well, I also think, well, I think April velocities are typically lower. By how much are April velocities typically lower? About a mile an hour. About a mile an hour. Yeah. All right. So, if following a generic velocity increase, we could expect, like, or adjusting, you know, for a generic uh, April, we, we we might assume that Edwin Diaz, a month from now, will be throwing, he will have lost about a half of mile per hour since uh, since last year. Yeah, something like that. Okay. And on average, how many miles per hour does a pitcher lose per season? Uh, I think it's close to one mile an hour, but it's not necessarily the same all the way through. I think, like, as you get into your later 20s, it accelerates the decline, and, like, in your early 20s, you lose a little bit less. And Diaz is, like, 22 or 23 or something. He's quite so young, yeah. We wouldn't expect him to lose a lot. Maybe, like, 0.3? Yeah, somewhere there. Okay, yeah. I feel like it was, like, yeah, it's, like, a third of a mile per hour up till late 20s, and then yeah. it goes to, like, a half mile per hour. Yeah. Alan Nathan has, has responded again. All right. He says, I'm guessing it is moving at change-up speed. So mid-80s or so. Okay, so it would faster, be an faster than I thought. It would be an interesting experiment to do using motion analysis cameras. Right. So I said, so hypothetically, if Fitch is recorded 100 miles per hour, how fast do you think the tip of the middle finger is traveling? He said, he says roughly mid-80s. Or change-up <clears throat> speed for Jared Weaver in the 60s, like I said. Well, yeah, that's right. So I'm guessing it is moving at change-up speed. It is moving yeah. at change-up speed. Oh, so essentially with the change-up, what you're doing is not imparting right. that extra force at the end. Correct. Okay. All right. This this question about velocity is more wide-ranging than I anticipated. Well, since you don't plan, I think most things are more wide-ranging than you anticipated. Well, the, the 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 pleasure of it. So what I think what we're offering here, what we lack in terms of hardcore analysis, what it allows is for people to 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 witness someone in the throes of wonder and discovery. You That's know, beautiful. I'll say I've never wanted to witness you in the throes of anything. <laughs> What about getting thrown by Edwin Diaz? That would be interesting. <laughs> so like follow-up question. <laughs> 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 what would the velocity of a 140-pound hipster from Maine be? That's so – it's cruel on number levels. First of all, I have gained weight. <laughs> Second of all, am I, am I really a hipster now? I, I mean, I don't know if you are, but no. you couldn't look any more like one. But you know it, and you certainly know me. You know, there's not a lot of difference between – what hipsters look like and what people who just live in Maine look like. Everyone has a beard. They're kind of dirty. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, like, you know, I live in Oregon, which has a large hipster, oh, sure. hipster population over in Portland. But, like, the Bend, Oregon look could not be more different than the typical Portland hipster look. Yeah. Like, you don't see anybody in Bend wearing, like, you know, um, you know, flannels unless they're actually lumberjacking. 
Right. Well, you have the eco jocks there, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, here it's like puppy coats and Patagonia and right. lots of uh, spandex and. Okay, so we've answered. I think we've answered. We've we've arrived at something regarding velocity, which is that. Well, here. So, is Fangraphs in a position right now where we should adjust previous velocities? So, I I probably shouldn't say this on the podcast, but I guess I will say it, and I'll get yelled at later if I wasn't supposed to say this. Uh, coming soon to Fangraphs.com are the pitch info, pitch tags, and velocity readings uh, from which have been previously published and still still will be published at Brooks Baseball. But we have licensed the data that Harry Pavlidis uh, provides to Brooks Baseball, and those velocities have historically been measured at 55 feet, which is close to what the release point is for TrackMan currently. Uh. So once those numbers go up on the site, which shouldn't be too long from now, then the numbers will be mostly similar year to year. Okay, well, let me, let me tell you a couple things. First of all, before when I said nice things about Harry and Dan, I did not even know this information that you've just shared. Yeah, I think there were not a lot of people who knew this information. Okay, well, good. So that's ac- breaking news. Yeah. Accidentally complimenting them, which I now I feel very good about that. The other thing is, I will say that it, I have noticed in the past discrepancies between the reported velocities at Fangraphs and those at Brooks Baseball. Yeah. Noting, I think eventually, that the uh, reported velocities at Brooks Baseball were slightly higher, and yet I have ignored it. Uh, because I thought it was something that was wrong with me. Well, that's usually the right diagnosis. Okay. All right. We've really got we've we've gotten to the twenty-seven minute mark with some velocity. Let me ask you. Uh, I just have one last thing to ask you about on this topic, which is no, no, it's not this topic. It's a different topic, and it, this may just be a one, uh, like a fifteen-second answer by you. But <clears throat> today, Travis Sochik wrote a piece on John Hart, okay, uh, for Fangraphs.com, and discussing John Hart's, his sort of penchant for innovation, etc., all right? What I would say is hidden in this in this post is what I would consider a distressing trend or a distressing quality about John Hart, and then also maybe John Coppolella, who is the, so John Hart is what, the president maybe of baseball? Sure. At, yeah. In Atlanta, yeah. and Joe yeah. Coppolella is the Coppolella is the, the, the GM. Also yeah. known as Copy, frequently yeah. referred to as Copy. Yeah, yeah. Is uh, Coppolella? He says he says a couple things. Um, he says every morning as I drive to spring training, I call John. As I drive home, I call John. It's constantly talking the game. What if we did this? What if we did that? He'll he always picks up the phone. We've had conversations where we've been on the phone for hours. I talk to him more than I talk to my wife. Yeah. That's one line. He talks about, he says a little bit further down, he says he's a great leader. This is Kobalala talking about Hart. He's just awesome. I can't say enough good things about him. He's a guy who was working, he was going to stay there till 3 a.m. to try and figure out a roster move. He's a worker. He's totally invested. He wants to be great. That is great for the Atlanta Braves and... But I, I actually I wrote to Travis. I was like, "Do you know anything about John Hart's home life?" <laughs> because and then the, by extension, John Coppolella's. I cannot. Coppolella actually says I talk to John Hart more than I talk to my wife. Yeah. This doesn't not seem like a healthy recipe. Now I do not know either Coppolella or Hart. I'm just trying to say, on average, it does not seem like a healthy recipe for like for like a profound home life. 
Yeah, so I do know Copy a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. I met up with him a few times uh, when he would come to Winston-Salem to watch minor league games because the, the Braves minor leagues were all around the South Atlantic League and the, that area where I lived for a long time. Uh, and I've actually had lunch with him where we've discussed this topic. And, like, he has a couple small children and spends a lot of time away with them, away from them. And then I now have a small child. And so we discussed, like, the work-life balance. And uh, uh, I will say that uh, it's not... It's not great, <laughs> the sacrifices that people who work in baseball have to make. Like, they're willing to make them, and um, I think they enjoy their jobs, and uh, I, for one, am happy that I do not have to make those same sacrifices. Yeah, it seems uh, – and it, do you think there's a point for people – now, you and I, I think, have talked about how it's not uncommon to see I, – I think all things being equal, a major league club or organization will hire the recent graduate – who has no spouse? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they like the or young, even young single guys, right? And it, it is guys as yeah, frequently, yeah, yeah. Uh, as opposed to like the person who's married and has kids. Because yeah. all the things being cool, the person who's married is going to be like, "Yeah, I want to see the people whom I love." Yeah. Whereas I'm, the single person doesn't love anyone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I've had Do teams. Wanna, I've had teams talk to me and say, "Hey, would you be interested in?" talking about the position and I'm like I have a two year old and a wife and she's got a career and like you know I'd be interested in you paying me to work from where I am if you want to yeah. pay me millions of dollars to leave paying grass <laughs> shockingly no one has said yes to that yet no one takes you up on that yeah, yeah. Oh. The, the, I want three million dollars a year to work from home has not yet gotten me a job yeah well keep trying I guess yeah yeah um, my grandfather who uh, with whom I was staying he, you know, he's very interested in my upward mobility as an employee, and he said he was like upset. He's like, he's upset that I haven't gotten a promotion since last year. And I said, well, there are only two, there are only two positions that I could go to. One of them is owner, and I don't like my chances of becoming the owner of the site. And I was like, and the other one is like occupied. Dave Cameron does it, and like he like came short of, like came up just short of wanting me to murder you for your job. Well, Which I, I, would, I have no interest in doing, by the way. I would be okay with you trying. It'd be a good think, podcast episode. As long as we were recording the attempt, it could yeah, be like good content. It, it for create site. some content. Yeah. And then we could be like, this is the last thing Carson ever did for Fangrass. The site the site would immediately fail if I had your job. Uh, I don't know if that's true. I think uh, Travis and Jeff and like, a lot of the other talented people on staff would overcome you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Very good. Hey, look it. We're done. Okay. I'm eating a celebratory tortilla chip, and then we're going to have to record that uh, Blue Jays podcast is going to come out terribly. <laughs> there's, the, there's the pitch, people. Listen to our new terrible podcast. All right. Well, let's finish this one before we get into that one. Let me say this. Thank you, Dave Cameron. You're welcome. That has been Managing Editor of Fangraphs, Dave Cameron. I'm Carson Sestouli, and this has been Fangraphs Audio.